0: Thank you so much good good morning everybody please take your seat thank you praise god what a privilege to to open the word and share it with you today um yeah pastor justin's been preaching a series called the other side who's been enjoying that yeah well, we've heard some great feedback the first week it was uh talking about rest the power of rest both spiritual and the practical side of rest um, the next week it was uh, the calm that comes through faith, or the peace that comes through faith, and that was really powerful last week. Um, next week he's finishing that up, but, but this week I'm, um, I'm just going to come and share from the same scripture, and I just really want to bring um, a different perspective and, and really try and compliment what Pastor Justin's doing. So, who's pumped? Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. Alrighty, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. That day when evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, "'Let us go over to the other side.' Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall or or storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Wow, didn't bother him. The disciples had to wake him up and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So we, we learned that, that when we cross over, which we're all called to do, Jesus is going to come and ask you to do it one day, cross over, make a change, do something different. He's going to ask you to do it. We can expect storms. We don't have to believe for them, but storms are a part of life. Our journey with Jesus was always going to have opposition. Sorry if no one told you, but it's true. And this week, I'd just just love to share one thing that this passage really speaks to me about, one thing that really stands out when I read it. And it's the thing that stands out the most to me was Jesus was in their boat. He was in their boat. He was with them. Now, when, when we invite Jesus into our lives, he takes us up on that offer. He actually really wants to be Your life. When you ask Him to come into your life and be a part of your life, He comes into our life. He enters our life. And becoming a Christian isn't a guarantee of the removal of storms from our life. It's not a guarantee that, that life will be trouble free, but it is a guarantee that now He is with us during storms. It's an absolute guarantee that you will never, if Jesus is in your life, if Jesus is in your boat, you will never, ever. Face a storm alone again. Does that sound good? I like it. I think it's amazing. So today, the title of today's message is called Reinforced. Reinforced. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you love us so much. I pray as your word is preached today, that our hearts would be open, that you would transform us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move among us, touching our hearts, changing us, and helping us. I pray we would leave different from the way we came. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Well, look, I want you to turn your attention. Everyone have a look. There's a pole in the middle of our room. Can everyone see it? Three people looked. Seriously, that's unbelievable. Um, There is. Trust me, I'll take take my word for it. There's a pole in the middle of the room. It's a strange shape. Um, I want to tell you a story about that pole. I want to tell you all about it. We once, this was an old cinema, this here was cinema three, this here was cinema two, right here was a wall, it looked like that wall, right, on both sides. We had to knock it down, we severely underestimated the amount of bricks that were in that, in that room. In fact, it was Pastor Justin, Pastor Lucas and myself, on the top of a scaffold, I remember we broke through and we looked from right up here, down there, and we pulled out the first brick. That is, that's weird, eh? That's like a reunion, We'll do something later. We'll smash, we'll smash something later. Um, so anyway, we knocked down this wall, and the one thing that remained in this wall was two really, really big concrete pillars. And the whole purpose of knocking down the wall was we actually wanted to open this space up. But, um, but Paul, you wouldn't really have been able to sit there because, bro, this, there, was a, there was a pillar pretty much right where you were. It was really obtrusive, really impractical. We moved it just for you. All right? No, thank, thank me later. Um, And anyway, there was this great big pillar. There was two of them, and they really got in the way of what we were trying to do, which was open up the room. So they were important. If you if you go to my next slide, that's my image of them. So they looked like that. They're about a meter wide by half a meter wide. They're really really quite thick, and and up they went right up into the ceiling. And in the ceiling, you can see these red bits of metal. There was two. There's more than that, but there was two great big red bits of metal that went across the whole roof and. And they rested on top of these of these concrete pillars. So on top of those red beams was the actual roof. So speaking of the roof, look up at the roof again. Let's try for a hundred percent lookups this time. Yep, good. We're getting better at looking. That's so good. If you imagine a one square meter square in the roof. If you look at that, you'll see some jib rock that's painted black, and then above it, there's going to be some steel, there's going to be some insulation, there's going to be some more steel, there's going to be more steel, and then more steel, and then there's a roof. There's an actual roof on the top, right? And every square meter that you look at is about 100 kilos in weight. This is an 800 square meter roof, so the roof is 80 ton. So there's an 80 ton roof above us, and when we knocked down the wall, those two things were holding it up, and they were in the way. So we asked an engineer to craft something that would replace those two great big things and still hold the roof up so we could be at church and it wouldn't be as bad. So go to the next slide. So we found an engineer and he created a thing that looks like this. You, you can't see it now because it's right up in the roof, but you can see the triangular shape. We sort of boxed it in. That's what he made. It's like a T-shape with a few um, bits of angle in it and, and it's steel, it was quite heavy and and we, we put that in to replace the, the red, to, to, to hold up those two red things. But originally, obviously, there was already the pillars there, so you can't knock the pillars out and then stick this new one in. That's called death, <laughs> right? So we couldn't do that. So, so we had to get these great big scaffolds, set them up, and they temporarily took the weight of those red beams so we could knock down the concrete ones and then place this one in place. So we did that. And then the engineer needed to come down because he needed to be there for when the weight was transferred from the scaffold, the temporary scaffold, to this device that the engineer had crafted. So I was standing just somewhere up the hall here, right in front of this thing. We were looking at it. There were some people at the top of the scaffold. And the engineer gave the instruction to lower it. So he and I were side by side. And we're both looking up. And... I'm just looking, we're quiet, and you can hear this gentle tapping as they're lowering it a millimetre at a time, just really slow. And all of a sudden, I, I just hear this, oh, just under his breath, oh boy, this is scary stuff. <laughs> and I, and I, I went, sorry, what? And he said, oh, no, oh nothing, mate. Um, it's just, you know, this is full on. This is pretty sort of scary stuff. And I said, but you designed it. You're the engineer, right? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's fine. It's just, I don't know if you understand how much like pressure is about to rest on this, on this thing I have created. And I went, Yeah, but you're an engineer, right? <laughs> You know you know it's gonna work, don't you? And he goes, Look, I know it's gonna work, but nothing will you know, nothing will replace this feeling at this moment as as that weight is transferred. And I get it, I actually get it. I say all that there you go, that's the end of the story. I say all that to say, you know, he he was there and he had this moment where he had to trust that what he had and what he'd put in was enough to hold the weight. And and yeah, he'd worked it all out, but he you know, he was having a moment of faith. Where he had to trust that what he'd done was in, was in fact right. He, he had to trust the rules of engineering and he had to trust that what he'd crafted was suitable to reinforce and hold the roof up. In the same way that, that that support there is holding everything in this room together. It's holding everything above us up, right? In the same way that it's doing that, when Jesus was in the boat that day, he was the one that was holding everything together. He was the one holding everything together. No one else was. No one else was in that boat that was dealing with the situation very well at all. No one was dealing with the weight of the situation. It was too much for them. Everyone else thought they were as good as dead. But Jesus was the only one that was so confident of his ability to reinforce the situation that he was asleep just having a kip, because he knew that he could hold the whole thing together. The truth is it would have collapsed without him. That boat would have sunk without him. If Jesus wasn't in the boat, they probably wouldn't, would, probably wouldn't have made it. But he was. He was. He was the reinforcement that was holding the weight of that situation up. Now let's jump to, to something the Apostle Paul wrote. To just get a bit of a better understanding about the reinforcement that Christ is to a believer. The Apostle Paul gives us insight into the powers of Jesus, reinforcing our lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10. Verse 7 says, this is Paul speaking, We are like common clay jars that carry his glorious treasure within, so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies, so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So prior to this verse, verses one one to six of this chapter, they um they speak about the treasure. They, they define the treasure as Jesus and the power of the message that he brings, the gospel. All right? So that's the treasure. But Paul understands something. He's not afraid to tell people. Paul refers to himself as a common clay jar. A common clay jar empty weak definitely breakable but not special or extraordinary he, he describes himself as this common clay jar but it had that but it's a common clay jar that has been reinforced with a treasure that is now within him so it's a common clay jar but in it contains a treasure And that treasure is Jesus. That treasure is the power of the gospel. And that's any person in this room that said yes to Jesus and invited him into their life, you are like the common clay jar that is filled with a treasure, reinforced with a treasure. And Paul's life was an intense one. You don't have to read much about about Paul's life to realize this. Even this passage of Scripture alone isn't exactly the biggest ad for christianity plenty of pressure that's what he says there's plenty of pressure in our life right now you read the account when when um paul was was shipwrecked that's just one account of his life it was it was intense it was it's like nail-biting the stress and the pressure that he would have been under that's just one thing he went through that's just one thing that he went through. He, he says in a different translation, it says, instead of, it says we are hard pressed on every side. Everywhere we go, there's pressure. Everywhere we go, there's pressure. We're hard pressed on every side. And then he says, at times, we don't know what to do. I mean, Paul seems so confident, doesn't he? He seems like such a confident guy, but he's there saying, hey, there's times when I walk with Jesus and I serve Jesus. There's times when this call on my life, I don't know what to do with the situations I face. Some translations say perplexed. Perplexed is like a confusion that brings hopelessness. There's no way out of this. You're perplexed. I mean, this guy had been in awful prisons. This guy had been in in just terrible situations. And he says, hey, there are times when I the Apostle Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I don't know what to do. Next thing. Persecution was normal and often, according to what Paul wrote. Normal and often. Everywhere he went, every time he showed up, there's always someone that didn't like him, didn't want him there. In many times it had end up in violence, but there was always opposition. Persecution and rejection was a normal part of life for the Apostle Paul. Everywhere he went. And then he says, We've been, I've been struck down. You know, he's not, it's not a metaphor. He's talking about being knocked on his backside. He's talking about being knocked down. He's talking about physical assault. He's been assaulted for what he believes often. He was stoned. People wanted to throw rocks at him until he died. He copped many floggings, many, many floggings. He was a man who lived his life and was brutalized often. He'd been struck down. But here's Paul declaring that the pressure hasn't crushed him. That the confusion hasn't pushed him to the point of quitting. That even in the persecution, even in the rejection, he still know God, he still knows that God is with him. Even when he's knocked on his backside, he's still able to get up and keep going. Why? How? Because he knows that he is a weak. Like a jar of clay. He is weak, like a jar of clay, but on the inside of him is a treasure called Jesus that is reinforcing him. It's who Jesus is and what Jesus has done on the inside of us that has the power and the potential to make us who we are meant to be. It's who Jesus is and what Jesus has done on the inside of us that defines and sets the limits of what we are capable of the jar of clay the container you me us it doesn't set the limits of what's possible the treasure inside does that reinforcing sets the limits of what we can handle so just like jesus in your boat during a storm holding it all up the treasure reinforces the jar of clay one more scripture Luke 4 verse 28 to 30. So just as we come into this Jesus has pretty much just dropped a truth bomb. He has he has shared who he is, what he's all about to a group of extremely religious people at the synagogue and you can you know you know they're not happy because it says when they heard this the people in the synagogue were furious. Furious. What's made you furious lately? Whatever, whatever Jesus said, you read it for yourself, made, the, made, it, f- made them furious. We know they were furious because their response, it says, jumping up, they mobbed him. They springed into action. They sprung into action and they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but it says of Jesus. But he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Jesus was in trouble that day. True? True? Yeah. Jesus was in trouble that day. He was facing a storm, wasn't he? Yeah. That's right. The fact is, when we are in trouble, if we back up, trouble has the opportunity to knock us over, it has the opportunity to trample us, it has the opportunity to push us off the cliff. All right? When we're we're in trouble, going around is no longer an option. If you see trouble coming from a distance, you might be able to, with a bit of wisdom, sidestep it and, uh, and get around trouble. You could avoid it, but you're in trouble, so you can't sidestep anything. When you are in trouble, when you are in a storm, the only way out is through. The only way out of trouble is through trouble, and that's what Jesus showed us. He showed us. Jesus, in all power and authority, walked through the crowd. It doesn't even give a summary afterwards of what happened and how they felt. It was just finished. They wanted to kill him, and Jesus said, no. And just walked through the trouble and left it behind him. That's how Jesus deals with trouble. He's a winner, man. He's victorious. Here's a word for someone. That situation that you're dealing with, that trouble that you are currently facing, that's staring you down right now, that's got you edged in, that storm that that you're in the middle of, Jesus knows the way through it. He knows the way through your storm. He knows the way through the mess. He knows the way through your trouble. Jesus knows how to do it. He knows how to get you through. Trust his reinforcing in your life. His strength in your life. Trust the treasure that is in you. You're the frail clay jar. Remember that. You're the boat. Remember that. But you invited reinforcement Into your life. You invited strength into your life into your life when you invited Jesus. You can't have Jesus in your life and not have his strength. He doesn't just show up and say, Oh, I'm gonna be a wuss. He he can deal with it. He has the capacity and the ability to deal with the storm, to deal with the problem, to deal with the trouble. So, how does that apply practically? When we face that trouble, when we face that storm, when we face those situations, we need to remind ourselves that there's an overcomer living inside of us. He's, he's living inside. He's living in your life. He is reinforcing your life. He is strengthening your life. There's a winner living at you, at your address. You are the address of a winner. It, it's a powerful thing. Jesus suffered persecution. He suffered stress. He suffered rejection. He suffered horrific physical suffering and even death. But it didn't keep him knocked down. He went through it all, but it didn't beat him. He rose again to show us that even death see, even something that humans consider so final, humans consider so bad the worst case scenario of every day when you walk out the front door is, Am I gonna, look, if I die, it would be a bad day, wouldn't it? It would be pretty much on the top of the list of bad days if you walked out the door and, and you didn't make it home. That would be a bad day. Jesus had a day like that. And he won he had a day like that where he faced death but he rose again and he went through a hard time he went through trouble he went through storms to show us that he can get us through hard times that he can get us through storms that when the pressure gets too much for us we need to declare that this problem isn't going to crush jesus in me this situation this trouble isn't going to get the better of jesus because jesus is a winner This isn't isn't going to beat Jesus in me. That's how Paul could say it. That's how Paul could say he was pressed and not crushed. When the storm looks like it's going to sink you, take hold by faith of the truth that it isn't going to sink Jesus in you. Friend, when it's on like Donkey Kong, mate, when when it is the worst possible day of your life, you need to declare, I'm reinforced with Jesus and his power. And no storm, no trouble, no pressure, no confusion, no attack is going to cause Jesus to crumble in my life today. On the other side of whatever you're going through, there is victory. Yes, you will have been through something. Yes, it may have been a difficult thing that you went through. Yes, you may even have some scars But by his strength, by his power, because of his reinforcement, you, me, us, we will be standing on the other side of the shore with the sand in our toes on dry land. And we'll be able to say one thing. Jesus got me through. Jesus got me through. Why don't we all stand to our feet? i want to pray for you all in just a second but before we go any further i just want to talk to anyone here who who hasn't invited jesus into their life who hasn't invited the treasure in and i want to just say to you man god loves you so much he sent his son jesus to die and suffer a horrible death to pay the price for your sin so that you could enjoy a relationship with the loving God that created you. Jesus wanted to be in your life so much that He was willing to die. He was willing to suffer for you just so He could be in your life, just so He could reinforce your life, just so He could help you, just so He could know you and just so you could know Him. So if you're in this place, I would just ask if everyone could just bow their heads and close their eyes for just a second. And if you want me to include you in a prayer today where you will invite Jesus to come into your life, where you will invite that treasure into your life to help you and lead you and guide you through life, I just need you to give me a wave so that I can see that you want to be included in that prayer. If that's you today, I see your hand up the back. That's awesome. Is there anyone else that wants to join? I see the hand over there. That's great. No, no, I'm just uh, is there anyone else that just wants to... You can put your hand down please now at the that. back. That's awesome. So good. Please please so good. Is there anyone else that wants to join in? I just want to pray for you. If if that's you, if you want to be included in this prayer, just just give me one last wave. If I missed your hand, yeah, I see your hand. That' awesome. Worth the wait too. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? No one else. All right, there's three. Three. I think maybe four people that that put their hand up and said they want to invite Jesus into their life. And so right now in this moment. I would ask that we're going to pray a prayer. And for you that put your hand up, you're going to just pray this prayer from you to God like you mean it. And everyone else, I want you to pray big and loud and really encourage these people as they pray that prayer. Cool? All right, so repeat after me. So, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of anything I've done wrong. Please come into my life. Make me a new creation live in me, reinforce me, help me, lead me, guide me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill me in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give those people a huge cheer? That's so amazing. That's so amazing. Praise God, congratulations. Someone will probably walk up with a Bible for you. If if they don't, come up and see me. I'll make sure I get you a Bible. We don't want you to leave without one. Congratulations. I pray that God really blesses you and that you know and experience the joy of having that treasure in your life. Can I pray for all you guys? Is that cool? Why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes for a second. Lord, I thank you for my precious brothers and sisters here. I thank you for your great love for them. Oh, Lord, reveal and show us the strength, the power, the treasure that you have put inside of us. Lord, for every situation here, for every storm, for every trouble, whether it be sickness, whether it be financial worry, whatever, whether it be a family issue, whatever it is, when I talk storms, when I talk trouble that you thought of, Oh, Lord, I pray that we would get a fresh revelation of your strength. I pray that we would get a fresh revelation of how incapable this thing is of crushing you in us. And I pray, Lord, that we would come out the other side. We would come over to the other side and our feet would touch the shore, that the sand would be between our toes and we would know that it was you that got us through. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming to to Presence Church today. I hope you had an awesome time. God bless you. Um, Why don't we uh, make some noise for Jesus and really finish up strong, and you guys can go. Thanks so much.